1: Welcome to the RotoWire Sports Gambling Podcast, presented as always by BetMGM, the number one sports book in the land. I am Nick Whalen, joined for the 10th week in a row, 10 time defending podcast host, John McKechnie. Jonathan, you are up in Madison at RotoWire HQ. I'm about an hour uh, due east here in Milwaukee. It is 73 degrees here. I got the windows open. We set a record high for this day uh, earlier today. Things are good. You picked a great day to come up to Wisconsin.
2: Yeah, I brought the weather with me. It, it it felt crazy. Like usually when I get off the, the plane in Madison, that roughly this time of year onward, uh, that you just feel that burst of cold air when you get onto the jetway. And uh, not this time. It was beautiful, pleasant. Uh, stood outside for my ride, wearing a t shirt and uh, and pants. Just like, wow, this is this is pleasant living. Obviously, uh, by yeah. the end of the weekend, it will be in the 30s. Uh, But I am enjoying the heck out out of this fine Mm -hmm. Thursday.
1: Yeah, I had to be jarring getting off the plane, probably expecting it to be like 32 and it's 75. But yeah, that temperature is going to be cut in half by the time we get to Packers Cowboys at Lambeau Field on Sunday. Um, As always, we should remind everyone before we dive in, uh, promo code BETROTO, B-E-T-R-O-T-O. You can use that promo code over at BetMGM.com or the BetMGM app, both of which are extremely user-friendly. John, I can personally confirm uh, before we get into week 10, we had a ton of games to discuss. We only got four teams on by this week. Uh, we'll look back quick at week nine. This was my worst week against the spread uh, in terms of staff picks. I I'll admit I went in feeling pretty confident. Yeah, I had to some things kind of not go my way toward the end. But um, overall, how, how did your week turn out? How did you come out of week nine?
2: And, you know, Any teams that you feel completely different about? Um, yeah, it was it was an interesting week in the sense that there there weren't a whole lot of sweats for me like it, it was it was either I was extremely right or extremely wrong. Uh, there there wasn't a whole lot of, of in between, like obviously uh, the Chargers Falcons game like that, that was written in the stars to just be a game that was messed up, weird, the type of game that only those two uh, could play. And when they combine forces, uh, you know, we, we get a play in which Austin Eckler gets tackled, but doesn't really get tackled. Uh, that would have helped for fantasy purposes, but hey, it kept the push in play. That's all we needed. Um, the Bengals, um, you know, we, we both kind of sniffed out the the fake optimism on, on the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Didn't expect our guy Joe Mixon to, to score five touchdowns, but alas, uh, we were there. But, you know, on the other end of that spectrum, I'm back in the L column on my best bet, and it happened in pretty jarring fashion. It was pretty obvious from from like the first quarter onward that the Packers yeah. would, did not actually show up uh, in spirit. They showed up physically, but yep. spiritually, not even there. So I don't know what Aaron yeah. Rodgers had the guys doing. Technically, they were there. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, physically, I would
1: even push back on that a little bit. <laughs> I I made the the bold yet controversial uh, and brave decision to go golfing on Sunday. And we we teed off at nine o'clock and I'm like, oh yeah, we'll just make this a quick 18, you know, we'll in and out two and a half hours. We'll buzz through it. Obviously that did not happen. Course was packed. It was warm. Uh, Didn't finish up till one 30. So I I had to stream the first half of all the early games on my phone in between shots round completely fell apart. You know, as soon as Rogers uh, threw that second interception on the goal line, I will say, John, I feel like I cautioned you away from trusting the Packers minus three and a half as your best bet. Um, I, I picked the Packers in my pick'em league. I, I was nowhere near, uh, locking them in, but man, you talk about a team that is just continuing to find ways to hit rock bottom. I don't know how it gets any lower, like losing to the lions in that fashion. I know Mike McCarthy's coming back this weekend. You know, that'll be the big narrative, but I don't expect green Bay to put up a fight. I, I know the line is moving a little bit, uh, in their favor. I think it's, it's gone from like five and a half to four and a half within the last 24, 48 hours. To me, that's just a, an admittance that maybe they jumped the gun a little bit on Dallas. But for the first time all year, we really saw the oddsmakers at bet MGM jump off the Packers completely. You know, I mean, that line opening at five, five and a half, like the Packers were still getting respect these last few weeks. It feels like that's finally gone.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's out the door. Uh, you, you lose to this uh, Lions team that way. Um, this Lions defense that is routinely letting people score 30, 35, 40 points on them. You mustered all of nine points against them. I mean, just a, an abysmal uh, showing for, from the pack. And, you know, to the point where uh, noted uh, RotoWire colleague was bemoaning Matt LaFleur and, and wishing that one Mike McCarthy would just, you know, bring his bags up this week and uh, just stay. At, on Packers Avenue and, and be the coach yet again, reminiscing for the for the glory days. So, I mean, it, it's it's tough times uh, as, as far as Green Bay football is concerned. And then, you know, to your point about lines moving around, I, I feel like this week I've noticed a little bit more line dancing uh, than in previous weeks. Like, you know, we both write our columns early in the week. We check in on, on Thursday before the show and things have kind of, you know, moved around a decent bit. I, I think the the obvious one would, would be the Bills game with with Josh Allen uh, and, and his injury. You know things. This was a nine point spread on November first. Now it's down to three and a half. That that you know lines up pretty well with the, the idea that a quarterback, a star quarterback at that, uh, would be missing yeah. from from that game. Uh, we've seen the the Giants Texans game di- dip down a little bit. You know six and a half. I thought was a pretty sweet number for to bet to be back in Houston. Now I'm a lot yeah. less sure on that one. Um, and also this game might be the game of the week for us as far as just like brain busters. I know where you're going. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Indianapolis versus Vegas. How this might be the game
1: of the century for me. I mean, just the, the amount of potential comedy on the line here is amazing. I mean, we will, we'll do a full dive on this game later. I almost want to save that. Uh, so we could kind of do it justice what's going on in Indy, but I have a ton of thoughts on that game. I'm glad you brought up the line movement this is the most line movement that I I can remember all year. I think by a lot in terms of when I started writing my column on Tuesday morning. And when I did my final check and published it uh, Wednesday around noon central, I mean, like you said, you hit on all the big ones, but it felt like every game was moving at least a half a point. Normally you get, you know, maybe half the games have about a half point movement, huge, huge movements all over the place. And I mean, the Josh Allen injury, man, that it's sounding to me like he's not going to play. He did not practice on Wednesday, did not practice On Thursday, we'll see. I mean, this seems like a scenario where, for gamesmanship purposes, I think the Bills are going to take this decision down to the wire. Whether they maybe they know already that he's not playing, but I don't think we're going to find out for sure. uh, Maybe until Sunday morning. And, you know, it seems like this has been the case over and over this year where, like, there's, there's, whenever these, there's kind of a one off scenario like this, it's like, of course they're playing the one loss Vikings. You know, like, why couldn't they get the Lions this week? Like, that, that makes it a really, really tough game to handicap. And, And that, you know, that line moving basically a full touchdown. Over the last 36 hours is uh is pretty wild, but we'll dive into that uh, in a little bit. Um, I want to get to some of the lines, you know, as we usually do. That seem a little too high or a little too low. First, um, you know, I, I got some comeuppance coming to me. The parlay of the week lost. The six point teaser of the week also lost. Uh, did not love that. The Falcons uh, kind of blew the, the the parlay for us on that one. Uh, we had the Pats, we had the Bucks. That was great. We just needed the Falcons to hold on. That, that was that was coming in around plus four fifty, John. I, Falcons were up ten nothing. They had a chance late. You know, Marcus Mariota just air mailing a wide open Kyle Pitts late in that game for what would have been a touchdown. We were we were so close.
2: We we really were. So so your heart was in the right place as was your brain. Uh, you know, but you know at, at the end of the day, uh, even even with how good the Falcons have been against the number th- this year, at the end of the day, they they still are the Falcons. They'll, they'll find a they way are. to to you know kind of foul things up.
1: They sure did. I mean, just just straight up dropping a fumble. Um, I mean, that was I was watching that, you know on on Red Zone in real time, just kind of like the the like the Zach Galifianakis you know, when he's coming down the the escalator, uh, mm-hmm. headed to the Blackjack table. I'm just like, I, I don't know what's going on here. This is insane. And that's what happens when the Chargers and the Falcons play each other. Like something like that was guaranteed to happen. And the worst part of it, and look, I don't want to you know do a full week nine recap here, but like that play ended up going down as what like a thirty five yard loss. Essentially, based on where the Chargers re-recovered the ball. Um, all I mean at that point, that's a probably 30% make percentage on that field goal. If you have to kick it from there, all Mm -hmm. you have to do is like get one stop. And of course, they immediately let up like a 20 yard pass to to make it a chip shot. But anyway, that loss, the six point teaser lost. You know, we were we were discussing we we had Pats uh just had to win, Chiefs had to cover six and a half, Bills had to cover five and a half, and I think we were debating like where's this lose? It can't possibly lose, right? Chiefs and Bills, you know, the Chiefs win the game. Obviously, they don't get the cover. The Bills losing that game to the Jets, that was that was among the most shocking results of the year. Maybe the most shocking to me.
2: Yeah, because uh, I mean, I think, you know, I said something to the effect of this could be like the, the blowout of, of the year. And they they lost outright. I mean, that was that was about as wrong as you could possibly be. So, that, again, that, that that goes with with the theme of last week. And yeah, I mean, maybe the Josh Allen elbow thing. You know, had, had a big role uh, in that, but even still, I, d- I did not expect the, the Jets to bow up uh, the way that they did. So, I mean, you know, credit to them, of course, and that, you know, the Ch- the Chiefs teaser part of it, you know, they they barely even deserved to to win that game, and you know, it, it was a little bit going to be uncomfortable, even with a touchdown, just because of how the Titans had been playing. But I still felt like, you know, w- in line with with you know, putting that wager together that it had a pretty good sh- shot of that coming in or, or the chiefs mm-hmm. not being the one to, to blow it, but uh, there we were, you know, with them just, just squeaking yeah. one out in overtime.
1: Well, Well, uh, yeah, the, the Jags now get that chiefs buzzsaw this week and a potential, like potential kind of, uh, I don't even know what you call it. I was, I was going to say bounce back. I don't know if you can call it that when you actually win the game, but uh, maybe some, uh, some airing of some frustrations uh, could be coming their way, but uh, let's get into the lines, John, for week 10, give me a line or two. That's a little too high right now.
2: Um, So for me, I I think the the Saints, I'm surprised to see them be favored at all, uh, let alone on the road, let alone against a team that is coming off of a bye, you know, and the Saints for for their own part are on a short week. Andy Dalton famously not particularly good against the Steelers, even, of course, dating back to his Cincinnati days and. You know, I, I couldn't have been less impressed by, by the Saints on Monday night. And, and you can't, like, take all of that one, just a single standalone game anecdote and, and apply it to mm-hmm. everything moving forward. But, you know, it, I think it just kind of showed really where the, where the Saints are. The, the offensive line was a, was a disaster for them. I mean, they got yep. blown up by, uh, you know, the, the senior tour of, of pass rushers with Calais Campbell and Justin Houston just living in that backfield. Highest Bowser coming off an Achilles injury, flying around the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so that it was a brutal showing on offense for, for the Saints and defensively, even with the Ravens being you know arguably as short-handed as the Saints, you know the Ravens didn't really have a ton of trouble moving the ball, especially on the ground. Kenyon Drake looked really good yet again. Yep. So um, you know that this this all tra- you know tracks to me and what we'll get to it later, of course. But you know I I really really do like the Steelers this week. I'm surprised to see the Saints catching uh the the favor or the favored line in this one I I imagine that the money could be a little bit lopsided on on the side of the Steelers so so we will have to take that into consideration and then this I I promise you it's not just a reflexive oh they they didn't cover against the Texans therefore that they they must not be able to cover against Washington but I just don't feel like the Eagles keep their foot on the gas quite enough like I think we we might have mentioned it uh, at a different time this season but going into last week the Eagles were first in the league in first half scoring and like 27th in second mm-hmm. half scoring so that that's a tough team to to back with that many points like you you can win really convincingly in this league the way that the yeah. that the Eagles are doing but when when they don't put points on the board in all four quarters or you know you see a couple of threes in the box score, uh, in the second half, you know, it's it gets a little bit tricky. You know, the door is, is wide open and, you know, you got a cagey fella like Taylor Heineke and, and you know, who knows what could happen. So I, I thought that that Eagles line, especially, you know, divisional game, I, th- I feel like there's a chance that Washington keeps this somewhat respectable.
1: Yeah, and it feels like over and over we've had teams in this spot. You know, I think the Bills were basically in this spot last week where you're like, yeah, they they played OK against Green Bay. It kind of felt like a B, B minus game. For them you know they're really gonna let it let it fly against the jets and it didn't happen um you know i I, I, i'm wary of that one as well i would would love for that number to have come in at like nine and a half i I love i love the eagles to win you know something like 27 17 in that game but but i'm with you um you know we we don't have to talk too much more about Saints steelers i will say uh both jeff erickson and i were were on the same page as you uh you know jeff was pretty uh, you know pretty adamant that that should have been a pick them Uh, Maybe even uh, Steelers could be favored by one and a half or two in that game. I don't think that's crazy. They're coming off of a buy. You know, I think they have a distinct coaching advantage. I think there's a pretty good chance that TJ Watt comes back. Uh, I mean, they they had seven sacks in week one against the Bengals. They have eight sacks since. And coincidentally, you know, that has coincided uh, with TJ Watt not being in the lineup. So if TJ Watt ends up playing in this game, I love the Steelers in that spot. And I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but I really do. And I will say in our staff picks article, uh, on rotowire it was a clean sweep in favor of the Steelers. And and we should note that we had that line at two and a half at the time. It's now down to one and a half uh, at BetMGM, MGM, but I, I think this is a good spot for Pittsburgh. Uh, I got a couple that I'll throw out. I, I think the bucks have no business being favored uh, that that number is up to three. Now uh, it's kind of been teetering between two and a half and three over the last couple of days, technically a home game for Tampa, but obviously it's neutral site in Germany. You know, I didn't come away from the Buck's win over the Rams, feeling any better about the bucks. I, I I feel the same. I don't feel worse or better. You know, it just felt like to me they had chance after chance after chance after chance to finally punch one of those in. and they they finally did it on the last drive of the game. But to me, that was more about the Rams just not being able to do anything and you know, just continually letting Tampa uh, back into that game. So, I don't really get it. It feels like these are two teams that have moved in completely different directions for the last five or six weeks. I think Seattle is a, a much better team. I think that defense has been fantastic for the last four or five weeks. I, I don't think this is a great spot for Tampa. I mean, what is, what is the case for the Bucks here?
2: Yeah, there, there really isn't a, a strong one. Like you, you really just kind of have to be relying on stuff that, that doesn't exist in 2022. Like the, the, the 21 or the 20 bucks, like, of course they they, they would crush in this spot, but they they just aren't that team anymore. And I think people need to need to let go of that. Like we're we're past the half point right. of the season. And the Buccaneers have been just meh at best, you know, and, and bad at worst. You know, that uh their game against mm-hmm. the Rams, like very those are two very similar teams where uh they they've pushed their chips in over these last couple of seasons. They've they've gotten what they what they wanted, but they're kind of paying the pipe, or both of them are. Big so I, I, I don't feel like beating the Rams at home it is really like a cure all or, or any sort of indicator, uh, moving forward. And yeah, Seattle just like, has been the better team overall. Um, you, you do kind of look at the fact that, you know, Brady tends to be bad, uh, when, when games are played past his bedtime, but this one is early enough in the day, even adjusting for, for, uh, the German time zone, uh, to where he should be okay. Uh, not be too sleepy in this one. Yep. Uh, you know, stray observation, Nick, but you think Tom needs to clean up the language a little bit with with the media? I, I feel like he, he's real playing fast and loose with it. He said, said the F word last week. He, you know, said, said the S word during the preseason. Ugh. I mean, geez, uh, you know, there, there are kids that they yeah. look up to you, Tom.
1: There are kids. There are adults who don't like to hear that language. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Um, you. you know, he, he got a big chuckle out of the media when he used the F word. Last week, I just for the media to be encouraging that I just I don't understand it. Um, and I, I don't I, I thought a suspension might be coming for Brady, you know, after using the F word, but uh, he, he kind of plays by different rules. Uh, You know, do you think if the Bucks had lost that game? Like, let's say they you know, because they, they had a drive. I think it was two drives before the game winning drive where they got all the way down to the red zone and basically went for and out, uh, you know, starting with the first and goal. If they don't get that last chance, they don't punch it in with the pass to Kate Otten and they lose that game. I feel like Seattle's favorite. So to me, just one somewhat lucky drive at the end of the game. I just, I don't know. I don't understand it, but we'll see. Um, You know, there's a reason for these lines, of course, but I will be backing Seattle. I could tell you that. Uh, I I wanted to talk Rams Cardinals as a line that I think should be flipped as well. Right now, uh, we're seeing Rams minus one and a half. That's come down a little bit uh, with the news that Matthew Stafford was in concussion protocol, did not practice on Thursday, but he was at practice, which uh, seems like somewhat of a good sign uh, but Kyler Murray, you know, also banged up. He's dealing with a hamstring injury. So maybe in some ways those offset, but you know, I know the Rams have beat the Cardinals earlier this season. That was their last non Panthers victory. That was all the way back in week three, I believe. But I, I don't feel, I feel terrible about the Rams. You know, the Rams, the Bucks and the Packers to me are the exact same team. And I like finding a case for why the Rams are a better team than the Cardinals right now uh, is really tough for me. And and I get, you know, there's not a, a ton to love about the Cardinals, but at least the Cardinals can move the ball. The Rams cannot move the ball.
2: No, that they, they are miserable to watch. It, it's it's too bad. Like they were so fun last year, obviously. Um, but yeah, that totally different this year. They're just kind of a shell of their former selves. Uh, really, Cooper Cup, the the only real option in, in that entire offense. Stafford it has looked shaky even before the the injury. Obviously, that this week uh, influencing the line. And in my column, I said like you know, with both quarterbacks projected to be healthy i would have still taken the, the cardinals on the money line yep. in this one I, i'm obviously concerned about murray if you take the running threat away from him that the defense can play you a little bit differently but right. even still um I, I just think that this rams team is a little bit cooked i know another home i know that they've beaten the cardinals earlier this season and everything but i think uh cliff and the boys uh even the score yeah. uh that this week i think so too i I do like uh, the Cardinals, so I'm I'm a little bit surprised by by that one. I have a similar uh, read as far as that line goes.
1: I think as long as we we know that Murray's going to be somewhat fine, you know, I don't I don't know that he's going to be 100 percent for this game, but as long as he can move around, I, I I really like the Cardinals here. I I know the Rams. The one thing that the Rams can bank on is their run defense, but the Cardinals can't really run the ball anyway. And I I yeah. think if they're going to beat this team, it's going to be through the air with DeAndre Hopkins. So I I'm on both the Cardinals. Uh, and the Seahawks, as of right now, um, you know, I, I had the Saints on my list as well. We already talked about that game. Um, you know, you discussed the Eagles. Let's go to the other side now.
2: Uh, do you have any lines that feel a little too low? I do. So, uh, you know, that this could be the the classic. Like, I'm getting a little bit wrapped up conflating fantasy performance with with actual team performance. But you know, the the Bears, just for how they've looked over the last three weeks, and specifically last week even though they've lost two of those games uh, you still just got to feel better about the direction of this team it feels like they they have an interest in in getting the most out of Justin Fields and using you know what he's good at and you know you get a Lions team that you know outside of last week again has been miserable defensively and now you get you you have to answer for a running quarterback like i, I think that this this spells all sorts of trouble potentially for Detroit and it's in Chicago. So I, I just feel like the, the bears um, should be favored by like more yep. like a three and a half, like it, you know, the expectation being that they win by by more uh, than a field goal in this spot. So I was surprised to see the line where where it was. And I thought the total was kind of interesting in that one too, because it's 48 and a half. I don't think either of us a month ago would have thought that the bears were playing in a game with a total over 45, even that, you know, like the rest of this season. So we, we see it at 48 and a half. And that's, that's feels like there might be a little bit too much credit being given to the lions and maybe what their offense was able to do earlier in the season. They've obviously fallen a long way since then. So I I think that 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 there's too much expectation for the lions to kind of keep pace on the scoreboard. And and we've seen the bears defense be able to certainly uh, help a a struggling offense or, uh, you know, look a little bit better than they are, but, even still, I, I just think, you know, golf outside in Chicago, we've seen Goff do terrible there. I think, you know, that was kind of like the regular season game that, that like the 2018 Bears people point yeah. to that Sunday night game, the Khalil Mack game. Um, that game. But, you know, golf just like he's not good in adverse conditions and, and you, you get him outside this time of year. Uh, right on the lake. Uh, I feel like this is going to go very uh poorly for the this Lions' offense. So I'm I'm thinking the under might might be my best bet mm. from this one. But regardless, I, I thought that the Bears weren't getting quite yeah. enough credit from the odds makers I, there. I thought gone.
1: Well, I I think I feel like these offenses have like flip-flopped now, where all of a sudden it feels mm-hmm. like Chicago's the team that's going to be playing in the 30s every week. And I mean, the defense like selling off Roquan and selling off uh, Robert Quinn. We knew that would be uh, you know, that would make a, a negative impact. And obviously it has, but I also don't think we thought that this offense would be able to keep up with teams like the, you know, like the dolphins last week. And it, it looks like it will be, I I I'm having trouble with Justin field. Like I've done such a, a complete 180. I don't know how you can't, I mean, the guy's like the number one quarterback in fantasy the last four or five weeks, they're putting up a ton of points. I mean, to me, like, like where are we at the end of the season with him? Like, is, is he kind of where Jalen hurts was at the end of last year? All of a sudden, I I think I think so, and
2: you know potentially room for more, and whether it's completely warranted or not. But you know, so, I mean, he he broke. I think the single game rushing record for quarterbacks for regular
1: Sorry. season quarterback rushing
2: record. Yep, so hundred seventy eight I mean, yards. That's you know we're we're talking about you know potentially like Lamar Jackson as right. helium uh, going into the twenty twenty season. So what I don't know. It, it's he's really tricky to figure out the track record pr- like prior to this hot streak has been so bad to where, like I was basically ready to wash my hands of him, like ever be ever like truly figuring it out. And like, it wasn't completely on him. I thought that like the bears just simply like, weren't going to put him in the right position uh, just because of the weapons, the way that they, they ran that offense. But yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be some serious, like, you know, he, he's going to be, potentially like a top five, uh, quarterback next yep. year. And that, that might be putting it lightly. Um, and then, right. well, for fantasy, uh, beyond percent, that, yeah. Yes. For fantasy. Um, and then, uh, beyond that, I felt like the Titans, uh, you know, the, the Broncos, we, we, our stance on the Broncos is pretty clear and the, the Titans, they they put up a hell of a fight uh, last week against Kansas City. And, you know, again, the, the question was, like, was their five game win streak a function of the schedule or are they actually figuring something out? Uh, obviously, the Broncos coming off the bye that that adds some things. But Tennessee, I mean, they've been road warriors a, a lot this year that they've you know, they've lost it at home. They lost to the Giants, obviously, in, in that first week. I feel like they, they should be getting a little bit more credit. I understand the the consternation when it comes to their quarterback situation, but you know, De- in Denver, they they are game to, you know, be able to slow down a, a Derrick Henry led offense to an extent. But even still, I think the you know, the coaching edge is so decidedly on Tennessee side in this one that that I feel like they win this one rather comfortably.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I'm I'm okay with the line, just given that we still don't really know what's up with Brian Tannehill. You know, I, I think this could be a, a line that, that moves late once we once we get confirmation, uh, whether he's in or out. I my inkling is that he plays. You know, it, it felt like he was, you know, getting pretty close around this time last week. Obviously, they hold him out. Um, but you know, to me, it's just I, I want to be careful of like, are we overvaluing Tennessee's defense because of one game? And mm-hmm. it was a really, really impressive showing. You know, you go into this game basically knowing that you have a zero at quarterback and you still take the Kansas city chiefs to overtime. And and honestly, they probably should have won that game. You know, if they convert, um, you know, one or two more first downs in that fourth quarter, uh, it might be a completely different story. But um, you know, the other thing, the other side of this is, is it possible in any world that that game winning drive in London two weeks ago by Russell Wilson and the Broncos, probably their best drive of the entire season, given the circumstances, did that build any sort of momentum? You know, it kind of seemed like that was maybe a, a galvanizing, Point for that team that, that it hit rock bottom. Um, you know, they did trade away Bradley Chubb that that's big. I think you can't really overstate uh, a team that, you know, clearly knows where it is. Uh, I think the front office made a, um, you know, a decision for the future rather than trying to salvage this season. You never know how that trickles down to the roster on the field, but I'm okay with this line just because even though I'm taking Tennessee, I I like them to win this game, but Tennessee also just doesn't blow teams out. That's not really their style, especially, especially if it's Malik Willis or, or especially if Ryan Tannehill is injured. I mean, I I think no matter what, this is a game that ends like 19 to 16, one way or the other.
2: Yeah. The, the total in this game is hilariously low. I mean, we're, we're looking at uh, 37 see, and a like, half, 37 and a half. That's that is the lowest
1: of the week by a wide margin by three and, or by what? Two and a half points. Uh, Cardinals
2: Rams is 40 and a half at that MGM. Oh, what happened to those guys? I mean, just just hear like I know we were just talking about how ugly it is for for both those teams, but like, what happened where you see a 40 and a half next to a Rams Cardinals game? but um, yeah, this is not a week with a ton of high totals and even still uh, the the Titans Broncos fa- find a way to to you know set the yep. bar at a certain level. Um, so looking at that one, um, we'll we'll get to this Vegas one and then I, I thought that also Miami um, could be favored by more against Cleveland. Yeah. That one's really tough for me.
1: I, you know, I, I play in that confidence league uh, that that I try to reference all the time as a, you know, basically to, to just kind of like talk through my picks and, and try to like glean some advice from you uh, like between the lines here. But um, I, I don't know what to do with that one. Like with Cleveland coming off of a buy, that's a check mark in their favor. I think they'll probably get Denzel Ward back this week. That would be huge. And the last time we saw Cleveland, you know, they're, they're stopping all over Cincinnati on national TV. So I, I don't know what to believe. You know, with Cleveland, this game is in Miami. I think that helps. Miami's been a lot better at home than they have been on the road. But uh, I I think it's a game where there's there are strengths that work for both teams. You know, like I, I think Cleveland's going to be able to run on Miami, and I think Miami's going to be able to throw on Cleveland. And three and a half to me is is acceptable. I, I think the the Dolphins maybe do deserve a little bit more respect, but you know it depends what you think about the Bears. I guess like you, you just squeak one out against the Bears. That defense you know allows what thirty two to Chicago. Um, and Cleveland in a lot of ways is, is kind of a similar team. You don't have to worry about the quarterback running, but it's a run based offense and, and a team that I think on balance is, is a team that I trust more on offense than I do Chicago. So I, I get that line. I, I I thought about throwing that one in this category, but, but ultimately I think it's fine. Uh, the other game that I have that that's a little too low Dallas at green Bay, man, I I really think this line has moved in favor of green Bay. Uh, and again, maybe that's just an admittance that it came out a little bit too high. It's being bet down. I, I get that, but I, this is just a terrible spot for Green Bay. Like this is week six in a row of me saying, like, why are the Packers, you know, getting any respect here at all? Um, you know, obviously you, you lose to to Detroit. That's one thing. I mean, that that's a, a check mark against them. But on top of that, you come out of that game just unbelievably injured. You know, multiple key players getting carted off. Romeo Dobbs might not see him for four or five more weeks. Rashawn Gary, who was. A few weeks ago, like kind of a, a low-key defensive player of the year candidate, he tears his ACL. He's done. Eric Stokes got carted off. Um, you know they have, they have other pieces on offense: Bakhtiari, Elston Jenkins. They're hurt. Um, you know, to me, it's one of those games where the only case for for Green Bay keeping this close is they're at home. It's some sort of Mike McCarthy revenge factor. Maybe you still believe in Aaron Rodgers, but Dallas off a bye, man. Especially if Zeke doesn't play in this game. Like I don't think Green Bay wants to see twenty-five Tony 20 Pollard carries.
2: No. Yeah. The way the Pollard is running right now is, is very, very impressive. And and yeah, now that, now that Green Bay is a little bit, you know, shorthanded defensively, that's going to be a problem. I still also think that like, you know, that there's room for this Dak Prescott led offense to like, kind of, I mean, they, they obviously went off against Chicago, but I, I still think that, you know, there, there's room for, for this offense to be really, really explosive. On top of yep. their defense being elite, and then you you bring up those offensive line injuries for Green Bay, and that's yep. really troubling. It when you have a pass rush as ferocious as as, as Dallas is, so um, you know even with it being on the road, like you said, um, I, I feel like the Cowboys can can win this one by a tie, or I would be favorable or favored yep. uh, taking the Cowboys up to you know six and a half.
1: Yeah, I I think that's right. And to me, I'm more concerned about the Dallas defense against this Green Bay offense that, may I remind you, just scored nine points against the Detroit Lions. You know, if you're putting up nine on Detroit, what are you doing uh, against this Dallas defense? I I don't think it's going to be pretty uh, at Lambeau. Um, I I actually went through and ranked, you know, one through 13, all the Sunday uh, and Monday games in terms of my confidence uh, of my pick. And uh, this is maybe a preview of my lock later in the show, John. I got Dallas as my number one confidence uh, covering that number, uh, against Green Bay. And I think it's, what, four, four and a half at that MGM? It's four and a half, four four and and half right, right now. I, I love that. I love that. And my second highest confidence, <laughs> the Chiefs covering against the Jags. That number has been locked in at nine and a half. This is like the one game that has not changed at all all week. And as long as that stays under 10, I, I, I love that spot for the Chiefs. If that gets to 10, 10 and a half, you know, maybe not. Um, But but I don't see the Chiefs really stumbling against the Jags at home.
2: Yeah, that that one that one feels... Really, yeah, strong on on the Chiefs there. What are your thoughts on the, the total for that one? Because that, that one is, I believe, like 50, 50 and a half. 50 and a half. Highest
1: total of the week. 50 oh. and a half at BetMGM. Uh, you know, we're getting an implied score of like
2: 30 to 20. I could see it. I, I think that seems about right to me. Okay. All right. I, I, I just wanted to, to get your thoughts on, on whether you thought that Jacksonville could do enough on their end or if this was something where like Mahomes and company kind of like almost get to the total by themselves.
1: Well, that's certainly that's certainly in in play here. I think that's part of the reason uh, that that total is so high. I but yeah, you know, the thing with like like Etn, super legit. You know, I'm concerned about how much they're using him and how viable that's going to be in the long term. But you know, in terms of EPA, the Jags are a top ten offense, and if Trevor Lawrence plays like he did last week, which was in my opinion far and away the best game of his career in terms of just like throw to throw stability and accuracy. Um, It's a lot to add. He's never really strung together two really good games in a row. So this would be a first for him. I'm not really expecting it. But if he plays like he did last week, they can absolutely keep this within a score or two. Um, But, you know, if Lawrence turns it over, if he throws a pick or two, you could see this one getting out of hand pretty quickly.
2: Has there been any sort of like uh, extreme home road splits when when it comes to Lawrence? Uh, Not
1: that I know of. I mean, I, I think what skews it more than anything is he had the five turnover game against the Eagles on the road. Uh, in the rain, you know, he had a bunch of fumbles in that game through a couple of picks. Uh, so I, I think his road splits maybe look a little bit worse than they should be. Uh, he's had some clunkers at home as well and a clunker in London. So it, it doesn't seem to matter. Like he will, he is capable of imploding on any surface, on any continent. It doesn't seem to matter.
2: Okay. All right. Well, noted noted. So, all right. Well, uh, Hmm, that's going to be, that's going to be one that, uh, you know, I, I know you, you're, you're, you know, you, you got teal blood, but that, that one could be, uh, these colors pretty, don't run, baby. Pretty, pretty tough, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, got
1: got my, my thin teal line flag uh, behind me here. Uh, we, we could talk more about that game on the other side, but for the first time in a few weeks, John, we, we got a reversal on the read. I won my best bet, I backed the Pats. That was a no doubter. Uh, as we know, you, you took the Packers to cover three and a half at Detroit. Uh, I, I see you wrote here on our little document, uh, woof that that is correct. So, uh, I, I got to take these victories while I can, and I will sit back and relax uh, while you
2: dive in. Uh, on the read. Please, yes, kick uh, kick your feet up, relax. You know, I'm just going to dig into to this meaty read here. Yeah, me-, me need me- to getting me- character. Me- All right, folks. Gather around. Kick off week 10 of the NFL season with the King of Sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using the bonus code BETROTO. That's B E T R O T O and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions you like states we got a lot of them here arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana michigan mississippi nevada new jersey new york pennsylvania puerto rico tennessee virginia washington dc west virginia wyoming or ontario only must be 21 years or older to wager 19 or older in ontario this is a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. And note, folks, free bets expire seven days from issuance. So get them in. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. We know that. Uh, we, you know, We, we always uh, talk about our Michigan disassociated people. We see y'all. Please gamble responsibly. Call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario. That's at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge sports betting is void in georgia hawaii ohio utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in nevada or new york i I got dizzy there i gotta say yeah but it's it's tough on on. the vocal cords man it is it's a a lot a lot of airtime. Thank you. Thank you. But, um, yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's beautiful pros. We, we know that, but it's just a, a lot to, to string together yeah. at once. A lot of numbers that you know, we're, we're sports guys. We're not good with numbers.
1: Yeah. Not a numbers guy. We, we need to get one of those like sideline oxygen masks that we could grab after the read and just, you know, uh, like, really? like, like, like they have at mile high
2: or, or you know, vice versa Dur- during the week, get some footage of us training, uh, you know, the Steve Smith, uh, elevation mask that he used to wear before games to, for, for <laughs> no real reason, but, uh, you know, just to kind of like get our, get ourselves, you know, physically, uh, yeah. acclimated to, to these type of, you know, on air conditions.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right. All right. Um, my grandpa just followed me on Twitter. Didn't even know he had Twitter. So I'm I'm a little bit taken aback right now. Um, you know, if I, if, if I, if I need a moment to collect myself, that's why. Uh, but anyway, we press on and let's talk Colts and let's talk Raiders, man. This is, the game of the year, the game of the week, the game of the century, uh, possibly the biggest sporting event of all time. I I have had just unlimited amounts of fun following this Jeff Saturday situation this week. Uh, the press conference was unbelievable, lived up to the hype. Uh, it, it hit all the all the checkpoints. You know, Jeff Saturday admitting that he should not be considered for this job. Could check that one off. Jim Irsay saying that it's better that Jeff Saturday has never coached. Uh, yep. Didn't really dive into why that is, but. Uh, the one thing that has been made very clear, John, Jeff Saturday is a leader of
2: men. I mean, look, look at those bright blue eyes. That, that's what I always notice about Jeff Saturday. Yep. Just you know, beaming. Um, but yes, no, he, he is a leader of men. Uh, the 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 Ursa spin zone is is particularly incredible. Yeah, just like he's it's so bad that it's actually good. But I mean, the, there's it's it's such a crazy sentence that there is almost something to it because like they had clearly tuned out Frank Reich or whatever Frank Reich was doing was simply so ineffective. Maybe he's so coach brained that they needed the, the pure antithesis of this. I I think someone, you know, uh, well said that, you know, this is basically the closest as we get to like a a Ted Lasso story in American sports. Uh, This is, this is just totally off the wall. I think that the announcement uh, that Saturday was, was going to be the coach, was probably set the Twitter record for most quote tweets for, for at least an Adam Schefter slash Ian Rappaport tweet. Because if you were on, on, uh, on Twitter on like, what was it? Monday afternoon. All you saw was people quote tweeting with uh, bad reaction gifts. That's basically all Twitter was for about two hours on Monday afternoon. So yeah, it's, it's really, it's hard to know uh, where this is going to go. And in my column, it was six and a half uh, at the time on, on Tuesday. and, Now we're looking at four and a half, I I believe. Uh, Yes, four and a half uh, the Raiders are. So that's a two point swing with, you know, kind of minimal developments. I mean, maybe Jonathan Taylor plays that that certainly could be a factor, Um, but that's not that's not worth two points of of line movement. So I think that this is just kind of a a response that, that says, you know, if you're the Raiders, even with everything that's going wrong with Indianapolis and even with them basically tanking out loud in public, uh, pff, the Raiders just, they, they blow leads. They're not very good. They seem to have a coach that's embattled in very hot water himself already in, in Josh McDaniels. And yeah, I think it, it's kind of funny, but it, it's I'm with it where it's like, I kind of doubt that the Raiders are the team that, that can escape this. And I feel like there's probably gonna be a lot of pressure on them, to not screw this up. And and that kind of makes me like Indianapolis even more here.
1: Exactly. You said it. I, I think the Raiders are now under an immense amount of pressure to win this game. Like you cannot be the team that loses to the team that hired a guy who's never coached football. You know, like it's a, it's a weirdly high pressure situation for the Raiders. And I think part of the line movement is one, Darren Waller was placed on IR today. And two, Hunter Renfro was also placed on IR. So these are two extremely key pieces. Obviously Waller, has not played much this season, and that's been a contributing factor to the Raiders struggling. But especially not having Renfro, I don't think there was ever much hope that Waller would play this week. Um, you know, I, I don't think these teams are, are really separated by all that much. And I guess by default, the Raiders do have a coaching advantage here just just because their coach has coached before. But I, I you know, on paper, I think this is a really close game, and I, I don't know what to do. Like I, I'm going to take the Raiders. You know, it just it seems like this can't possibly work for the Colts. But uh, at the same time, this has been a year where anything you think is going to happen doesn't happen. And, you know, the Raiders are low key going for the NFL record for most blown 17 point leads. You know, we, we unfortunately lost the the chase for history with Matt Ryan going for the fumble record. That's out the window, but I think now we got to start focusing on the Raiders trying to shatter uh, the record for most double digit blown leads in a year. They already have three.
2: The, the, the problem with, with that streak for this week is e- even if I, I've, I think Indianapolis can keep this closer, or even somehow win. I, I don't think that they win it going away. So the, so the streak oh, no. is on ice for this week, in my opinion. But yes, I mean, that, that is something that we have to doggedly track uh, for the remainder of the season. But, you know, I think you, there's a lot of like, you know, common sense coming from, from your end when it comes to the Raiders, because that's going to be one where you, you you tune into the game or you check it in on Sunday night and you see that the Raiders destroyed indianapolis which kind of is what indianapolis wants i mean it feels like they're just kind of racing to the bottom you're going to be like is it kinking I, don't, yourself. See, I don't know I, I i really don't know because these directives are coming
1: straight from ownership you know i don't know that the colts are acting rationally actually i do know they're not they're not acting rationally like, to me this is jim mercy just continuing to throw things at the wall like i i think i think in some ways they do kind of want to salvage this season like you could have tanked with frank Wright you're doing it anyway right you're not winning games like why let him go uh, you know, if if that's really the goal, like to me, this is just a somewhat delusional, frustrated owner who's just trying to, you know, galvanize this team. Like I don't, I think they want to win this game. I I don't I don't I don't think they're going in the tank whatsoever. I think they should, but and they probably will by default. But I don't know. I don't know that that's the goal. So I, I'm a little yeah. nervous about this one. Uh, like I said, I am going to end up back in the Raiders, especially with that number coming back down. But I'm with you. I don't see the Raiders or the Colts. You know, whichever whatever the result is. I think we end up getting a pretty close game here, and especially with Waller and Renfro out of the picture, like talent-wise, these teams really aren't separated by all that much. And I am very, very concerned about that Raiders defense. Like that week to week, they're they're up there with the with the Lions for me. Like I, I know they haven't allowed as many points as the Lions, but I, this is totally anecdotal. I think like the Raiders like lead the league in like twelve plus play drives given up. Like they just cannot get off the field.
2: No, no, they they are incapable. Um, they, they're still kind of like wearing the scars of, of the previous uh you know roster construction regime we, we were talking about it offline earlier this week just you know they, they released uh, jonathan abram and it's like man like how, how do you get all this draft capital in with on like all of it and all of those picks for the most part were like laughable reaches you know whether it's alex yeah. leatherwood who no one had a, a great round one grade on uh the the corner from ohio state damon arnett like he can't really play. He's not athletic. And, and you take him early. You take Cleveland Farrell when you could have taken him with like your second pick in the first round that year. And then you, you take Jonathan Abram, who yep. I think it, he just, he was born in the wrong era. He would have been, you know, a Jack Tatum esque safety in the seventies, but he, that style of play just doesn't fly uh, in today's NFL at safety when you have to yep. actually cover people.
1: Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, I, I don't consider myself like an expert on defensive players by any means, but he was always somebody who jumped off the screen just being reckless. Like, head down, flying in, not really trying to make tackles. Uh, ironically, he's now with the Packers who have another safety, Darnell Savage, who basically does the exact same thing. Uh, so they're, they're just trying to fight fire with fire, I guess, at that position. But no, you're right. I mean, th- somehow the Raiders are like the far less embarrassing team coming into this game despite, like you said, releasing one of their three 2019 first-round picks. So they've now released 2019 first both of their 2021st and their 2021 first round picks. Like that is an insane run of incompetency.
2: Oh my God. I mean, that is that is something that I mean that that's why the Rams just they're like, we're not gonna bother with with getting made fun of by guys on the internet. We're we're just gonna get rid of our draft picks.
1: Yeah, exactly. And by the way, one more note on the Raiders, they are dead last in the league right now in total drives by a mile. They have they only have 76 <laughs> drives through eight games. And part of that is like they're, I think they're third in the league in time per drive. You know, that's what happens when you run the ball a bunch. So it's not maybe quite that disastrous, but it feels like every game, if you, even if you just go back and and look at the very basic play by play, like they're only getting like three or four drives in the second half because that defense cannot get off the field. So yeah, this is going to be a a super fun game to watch uh, regardless of the results. What else have we not hit on yet? I I feel like we covered so many of these games uh, just looking at the lines Uh, Chargers 49ers. I think that that might be the only one. This line's been holding steady in the six to seven range. We're seeing 49ers minus seven. As of right now, I I think on paper, this is a really, really good spot for the 49ers going up against that Chargers rush defense. Just allowed 200 plus rushing yards to the Atlanta Falcons. Obviously when the 49ers are right, they might be the best rush offense in the league. This feels like the, the first week that we might see Debo and Christian McCaffrey unleashed, you know, both of those guys being at full strength. We saw it against Kansas city before the buy, but uh, McCaffrey was still getting up to speed at that point. He had had like two days uh, since the trade had happened. So I-, I think this is a good spot for San Francisco, but seven points that that's kind of teetering on the edge for me. I, I wish that line was a little bit lower.
2: Yep. That uh, this one, this is one where I'm definitely just betting the number. I just think Justin Herbert getting seven points is enough for me to, to be steered in the direction of the chargers. And, and yeah, I mean, the, like you said uh, the, the Niners, could be one of the best teams in the NFC. It wouldn't shock me to be, to see them make the NFC championship game. I, I really think that that trade for McCaffrey is going to be one that pays huge dividends uh, here down the stretch. And, of course, on the other side, you know, the, the Chargers couldn't cover against the Falcons last week. That they, they are still banged up. Um, you know, I, I'm skeptical of the Keenan Allens out there. We know that there's going to be no Mike Williams. Um, so, you know, you, you're all of a sudden – your game script of still having Justin Herbert throw the ball a ton, he's throwing it to, you know, those important targets are going in the direction of DeAndre Carter, Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett, Gerald Everett's having a good season. I can't take anything uh, away from him and Palmer's doing what he can with, with the opportunities that he's getting, but that's still not a ton of offensive firepower. But bottom line here is just like the, the Niners still aren't completely healthy defensively. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that, you know, in this particular spot where, where they have to cover more than seven, uh, I lean towards the chargers here. Me too.
1: I like the over on 45 and a half. I feel like that's a little low. Uh, I, I think there's a world in which the 49ers just completely run wild and they're ripping off big plays left and right. And this game could pretty easily go over. But I also think the chargers are likely going to be forced to throw the ball a bunch in this game. That's not really what they want to do, but I don't think they're going to be able to run. On San Francisco. And like you said, they don't have Keenan Allen. They're, they're not going to have Mike Williams for this game either. So it'll be a lot of Josh Palmer and a ton of Austin Eckler out of the backfield. So whatever his player prop is for, for catches, I, w- I would go way over on that. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, the chargers, you have Herbert, like he's going to be able to kind of keep you in the game, uh, throwing the ball if he needs to, it, it, you know, they, they found a way to win last week without a lot of their weapons. You got to give them some credit uh, for that. So, like the over on 45 and a half. I like, the, I like the Niners to win, but yeah, I'm with you on the Chargers covering a number uh, that feels like it's a point or, or maybe a half a point, uh, a little too high. Uh, by the way, uh, Ryan Tannehill did practice in full today. I just saw the, the Ian Rappaport tweet. So does look like he'll be uh, in the mix for Tennessee. That is going to be huge. And we should note while we're on the 49ers, Jason tore his Achilles at practice oh. today, which I know, I know, always banged up. Just, just a brutal, uh, brutal break for the 49ers. It, it hasn't affected the line at all um you know obviously we're we're focusing a lot on these offenses for each team but uh, you know something to consider going up against uh that Chargers passing game
2: yeah no it it absolutely is you know again we're we're considering how shorthanded the Chargers might be offensively um but at the same time that if the Niners keep having the, these injuries at key spots you know your your depth at corner really gets tested without Verrett and it, it you hate to see the way that this has gone for him I feel like it I know it it usually it happens in August. I feel like it is season ending injury, but you know, it feels inevitable. No matter, no matter what. Yeah. On balance though. Uh, we are
1: starting to see that, that defense, you know, get a little bit healthier. Obviously Nick Bosa was back before the buy. Um, you know, Eric Armstead did not practice on Wednesday. He's still very much up in the air with him. That, that could be a big loss, but um, you know, you have to like San Francisco's chances here at home. Um, all right. I, we're going to go back to the well here. I, I know the parlay and the teaser, uh that they didn't go so well last week but you know we're going to keep tossing them out there you know keep throwing things at the wall uh here's my parlay of the week john we're just talking money lines chiefs got to beat the jags cowboys got to beat the packers 49ers got to beat the chargers you parlay those
2: three money lines you're looking at about plus 150 you know what i'm in i'm in you know it me back up uh they that looks too good on paper i i think yeah, I feel like the the first two are, are absolutes and, and, you know, the Niners one could could get tricky, but they they are favored by more points than, than the Cowboys are in this spot. So you got to feel good about that as well. So again, just all money lines that time me up.
1: Okay. All right. I, I like your blind faith. Uh, you know, we, we had it last week and we have it again. Uh, I also have a bonus parlay, an underdog parlay Ooh. of the week. And now we're looking at spreads here. So um, Seattle, they got to win. Oh wait, no. I, I think this is money lines. Excuse me, sorry. I'm getting my I'm getting my parlays mixed up. I got, I got too much going on right Deep now. In. Um, yeah, Seattle, <laughs> Seattle's got to win uh, against Tampa Bay. Arizona has to beat the Rams, and the Steelers have to win at home against the Saints. That that'll get you to about plus eight fifty. So we're we're talking some pretty significant value here. Um, what's the biggest liability of those three?
2: Um, you know, it, it could be the, the Steelers. I'm not of that opinion of course. Um, but uh, I think that, you know, any team with Kenny Pickett, you know, you got to be a little bit concerned and, you know, Seattle, uh, that's a, that's a long way that they have to travel. The schedule makers were not particularly kind to, to the Seahawks uh, that this year, but uh, even still, you know, we, we talked it out. I, I do like the Seahawks to, to get it done on Sunday as well. So I think that the, those are the spots and I, I really, I have considered Arizona money line as, as one of my best bets potentially. So um and definitely on on the spread, I really like them. So I don't think that they are the are the problem there. And the beauty of this one, you'll know by the time that you eat lunch uh, wh- whether it's still alive or not. Exactly, exactly. You know, it, we have a chance to
1: to either kill it or feel really good. You know, heading into that that uh, noon window where we get the Steelers game. Um, by the way, it's, like it's a bad travel situation for Seattle, but uh, it, they're they're basically traveling. I think only like 200 more miles based on the route that they're taking to Germany so I, I don't I think it's kind of a wash in terms of the travel I mean when you're making a trip that's that long I, I don't really know if there's a big difference between eight hours and 10 hours or 10 hours and 12 hours whatever it might be uh, so I'm not not super concerned about that although I should note Tom Brady undefeated playing outside of the United States so so maybe there's uh you know some juice to the, to the bucks there but um yeah Seattle Arizona Pittsburgh they just gotta win all underdogs plus 850. Uh, which means now it's time for the teaser of the week, John. And last week we did a six-point teaser. We're bumping it up to seven this week, giving ourselves a little more wiggle room. And we're starting again with the 49ers. You know, we just talked about that game. I think we're in agreement uh, as far as the 49ers winning that game outright. So seven-point teaser. We just tease them down to even. They just have to win. We're teasing the Philadelphia Eagles from 11 down to four. Uh, Don't love that number, but nonetheless, you know, you like their chances there. And we're teasing the Chiefs. We're, we're doing it again. We're going back to the well with the Chiefs, teasing them from nine and a half down to two and a half. This gets you to about plus one thirty.
2: That's sharp looking. I, I dig it. You know, like you said, the the, the Eagles uh, having to cover more than, than a field goal in that one. That that's that's the one that that stands out to you. And it, it'll be Monday night, so you know you could be in for the sweat of a lifetime uh, waiting for that one to come in. But but at the same time. Uh, I, I like, I like your usage of, of seven points to, to work around with and, and come up with a, a plus, uh, number bet. So, uh, sign me up for that one as well. Okay. This is fantastic. Just no pushback
1: whatsoever. Um, yeah, I kind of had a choice to make of like, you know, you're not going to, you're really not going to get the Eagles. There's no way to tease them down to three, you know, that's or two and a half obviously would be ideal, but this at least gives you the field goal with the chiefs. You know, if they, if they kind of mess around again with another AFC South team and, and they have to win with a field goal um you know at least you have that in your back pocket so 49ers eagles and chiefs with the 7 point teaser uh, that's what we're looking this week uh any other notes from these games before we we talk a little survivor and and then start you know running through our locks
2: uh i think we we've covered some serious ground on this one we've i mean when we've gotten as deep as we have in, into the likes of, of uh the the steelers saints game I, I think that we're we're in pretty good shape here yeah I, i'm with you on that
1: that one <laughs> That, I will tell you, I have that one as low as possible in, in my confidence pool. I, you know, both of these teams to me are just like monster stayaways at this point. And I mean, it's, it's funny because the Saints two weeks ago, you know, come out and they just steamroll the Raiders. You, you knew that game was over immediately. And you know, I was telling you in our, in our chat the other night, watching that Saints Ravens game, th- I think that actually shattered the record for game that I knew I had made the wrong bet. Like as fast as possible. Like one series into that game, I, I messaged you. I'm like, "Yep, this is a loser. I, why did I take the Saints? They're, they have no chance to win this game." Um, if there's one thing I've been on this year, it is knowing when I've made a bad bet.
2: It isn't it fun, uh, you know. Like it, we we've obviously been watching the NFL like since we can remember, but this is our first year of like really uh, kind of being front facing for it on Rotowire. So you just pay attention to to this stuff so much more closely. And and yeah, like the the gambling antenna. Uh, when it, when it comes to like, oh, this is a loser um, it's yeah. that, that, that is something that that's a compass that's always pointing in, in the correct direction. Like if, mm-hmm. if it's going that way, uh, it's going to stay that way. Yeah.
1: You win some, you lose some. Right. I mean, yeah, I felt the opposite about that, that new England Colts game. Like right away, you, you, you know, first Colts series, I'm like, yep, new England defense is locked in. This is going to be totally fine. Um, but you know, it, it's always worse when it's a standalone game. You don't have other action that could kind of offset it.
2: Right. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've we've been through my uh my monday night survivor travails which which obviously yeah. came to a, a crashing uh halt when when the, when the yeah. bears uh you know, finally woke up from their hibernation against the patriots a few weeks back so that yeah the patriots yeah. at the epicenter of of our uh of our knowing whether it's going to go well or not mm-hmm. yeah and you know no patriots this week they're on bye so we we don't have that defense
1: to to fall back on you know unfortunately they're not facing yet another uh young inexperienced quarterback this week but uh, they'll be back in the mix in week 11. I could assure you of that. Uh, let's lock them up, John. Uh, who do you have as your lock of the week?
2: Um, we, we've talked through them. I, I've kind of had some other you know thoughts throughout the course of this podcast. You, you've offered some interesting perspective. Got a chance to look at things a little bit more closely, but I'm going to stick to it. Uh, give me the Stillers plus one and a half against those New Orleans Saints. I, I think that they can win that okay. one. Outright, but you know what? We're we're just going to do the spread here. So just plus one and a half. So if they lose by one, we're we're in good shape.
1: Okay, okay. I as have you know, I've alluded to this a few times throughout the pod. Dallas minus four and a half. Go ahead, lock it up. They're coming off a buy. I know they got to travel up to Green Bay. Kind of a unique situation with Mike McCarthy at the helm. But I don't think this is going to be any sort of hostile environment. I, I think. You know, all any, any kind of hostility or, or vitriol is going to be directed at the Packers. You know, like everybody here just is just like fed up with this team. I, I can not confirm. I am boots on the ground in Wisconsin. Like, there's been no talk of like oh Mike McCarthy, we hate that guy. It's like if anything, Rogers is like reminiscing of the days of Mike McCarthy this past week in the media. So I, I don't know what the reaction is going to be. I, I would say it'll probably be neutral. You know, I, I don't think he's gonna get booed. I, I don't think it's going to be this big welcome home party either, but I don't view that as some sort of obstacle that the Dallas Cowboys are going to have to move past. So Dallas four and a half, I'm locking that up. Uh, Chiefs over Jags would be my, my number two uh, at nine and a half. And you know, if if I had to give my, my third most confident bet that nobody's asking for giants minus five against Houston, I I'm not, I'm not convinced that what we saw from the Texans in the first half against Philly is, is really all that real.
2: No, that that's that's fair, and that that's such a a better number if you're on the Giants that, than it was earlier this week when it was six and a half. I, I like but I like betting the Texans when they have these deserved huge spreads against them, but five is a is a bridge too far. That's that's too much respect for for Davis Mills and company. Yeah.
1: I, I think it's a one score game, but I think it's you know I think we're looking at like a twenty seven twenty one or you know twenty to thirteen that type of situation. So I, I like the Giants uh, off a of buy to to take care of business. I just. I don't see Houston slowing down Saquon Barkley is ultimately uh, what it comes down to, but uh, that'll wrap the NFL portion of the pod. Stick around if you want to hear some college football talk. As always, if you're locking in any bets this weekend, make sure you're doing that over at BetMGM.com or on the BetMGM app. First bet, of course, is risk-free if and only if you use our promo code BETROTO. That's B-E-T-R-O-T-O, BETROTO.